Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm the pastor here. And on behalf of the staff and I, I'd like to say thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us this morning. Are you excited they're here, Carrie? Absolutely. It looks like you're wearing a headband back in the 80s. That's I like that. Um, okay. To start off with, it's a really windy day. That's not why I'm not up there. And the band's inside. And so are my cohorts. Um... I'm going to have to step back here probably to get some protection from the wind. And there might be... A, yeah, I know, the radio's not working. That's uh, the first thing, if you can... Uh, I know, the radio is not working. Uh, we got no radio right now. And there's also... That was the last thing somebody whispered to me. Hey, can everybody quiet down over here just because I need to yell because this microphone isn't really, this is, uh, this is all we got. Did the radio start working? Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, the last, the last two things, right as the prelude was ending, Simon came up and said, the radio's not working. And then Jeff said, there's a huge gust of wind coming at 11. And worst case scenario, if it starts to look dangerous, we're going to cut the tarp loose and see how far it flies. So it just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to hear a word I say because we're going to be all looking for that tent. Okay, um, what's today's date? Does anybody know it? That doesn't help me, Mark. Okay, it's the 18th. That means it's, it's our youth uh, student minister right there. It's Rob Scruggins' it's birthday. Everybody say happy birthday on three. One, two, three. Okay, uh, we like the things, that, he likes the things that jingle, but he loves the things that fold, right? Am I right? Anyway, um, that's it. Okay, I got a couple announcements. One is, it's Amy's birthday Monday. It's everybody's birthday. I didn't know everybody was born nine months before. Ra raise your hand or honk if it's your birthday this month. I guess it's not that many people. It was Elsie's on Friday. Amy's on Monday. Lackey's was a couple years ago. Yeah, 10th. Just turned 21. Okay. Um, I got a couple announcements. One is, first Saturday in, in May, there's a women's retreat. Sign up for this thing. It's going to be ridiculous. I think it's going to, you know, I almost, never mind. But just make sure you're there. If you're a female, make sure you're there. Also, I, it's been kind of on the rumbles, and it's, it's going, we're going to start announcing it. The jam is coming. Uh, that's on Tuesdays. It'll be the first and third Tuesdays, and it'll start in May. So the first Tuesday in May, it'll be the jam. I think we've settled on the choir room. We're going to start it in the choir room, and it's just going to be open to anybody, and you bring your acoustic instruments and there'll be some like jumbes, and uh, the guy right there, his name's Troy Wathen. We'll get an official announcement, and make him do something silly soon. Uh, but he said, "Hey, just sounds like a good idea. We're right next to the high school, right next to the college. Let's just open this up and let music be a bridge to some folk that need to." Yeah, that's kind of fun, right? Um, anything else? Yeah, I got Mark Lackey. He's going to tell us about 60 years it's our 60th anniversary still this year and mark lackey's going to tell us a bit a little bit about our clown ministry well good morning one and all i didn't realize i was going to be talking today so it will be short but uh we had uh, just a wonderful history of wonderful wonderful people that are members of this church and one of them that i was very blessed to know and some of you may have known her. She's passed away a few years ago. I know Georgina was a dear friend. Her name was Bunny Richards. And she is a, was a human being who had a great calling. And that was to make sure that everybody knew about God. She was just about this tall and about this wide. And she would come up and hug people and say, let me give you a hug. That's the reason God gave me arms. And we did. She started a... a ministry called the Volunteer Clowns of Orange County, which I believe still exists today. And what that was was people who would donate their time, be professionally trained, and then go out and serve for organizations where the money that would have been spent on entertainment could instead be spent on the children or the organization. Make-A-Wish Foundation, Children of the Night, 
um, some places where the uh, Oakwood House. Um, we did a lot of gigs for MTV and Nickelodeon and NBC and some others. And she just she personally touched, as in physically touched, between 100 and 300 thousand people a year, inviting them to come to church and know God. I've, a funny one that I remember is we were at the Santa Monica Pier doing a gig for the MTV uh, Children's Awards, and she walked up to Shaquille O'Neal and goes, come here, big guy. And he's about like this, and she's about like that, and gives a big hug. And says, arms, a reason God gave you arms was to hug you, you know, and he looked down and patted her on the head. So a, that's a wonderful legacy of the people that are drawn to this church, that participate in this church. And every one of you and every one of us have that legacy, and I just want to say, Bunny was a wonderful person. That legacy continues today, I believe, and uh, just want to give you a shot about Bunny. Wonderful woman. Thank you. So exciting to hear about how the Holy Spirit uses this outpost and calls people in different directions. Who would think a clown, right? That's awesome. I just, I, this is a freebie. Be listening for the Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit might be calling you to something. I'm going to do a call to worship, and then Cornell's going to tell us about the song we're going to sing. But here's a, you can stand. What about that? What about them apples? This is Psalm 4-1. And would you guys uh, settle down? We're going to call this the peanut gallery or something like that. All right. I love you, each and every one of you. Glad you're here. Even Mike Chase, right there. Okay. God... You are my righteousness, my champion defender. Answer me when I cry for help. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. I'm, I'm being squeezed again. I need your kindness right away. Grant me your grace, hear my prayer, and set me free. Good evening, everybody. Um because I don't have the organ to do it, you're gonna be the organ for me. So I would like to start with, uh, before we do the hymn, to start singing, I'll give you a good pitch, uh, to start singing happy birthday for Rob Scroggins and for Amy and for everybody else that uh, have a birthday uh, celebration around today or tomorrow. And I'm going to give you the pitch at the count to three. We're going to start singing. Happy birthday. Like this. One, two. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday people. Happy birthday to you.
Good morning. I just wanted to come on and say thank you um, in our children's message to all of those who helped support our mission project um, in this last month in donating items. Last Sunday, our children packed 24 bags that are going out to our shut-ins. Again, those are congregants who um, are stuck at home, whether it's because of the pandemic or a health-related issue, and they can't be present with us here on campus today. And so I'd like to take this moment to pray over these bags. Um, I was going to have the kids out here with all of them so you could see them, but due to our wind, um, they are safely inside. Um, but if you could just bow your heads with me as we pray over these bags when they reach their recipients. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray that you, you fill those bags with love, Father, um, that the recipients who receive them feel that love, feel the love from you and all of us here, Father, that we, we miss them and we just wish nothing but the best for them, Father, and we hope that they just feel you as I'm feeling the wind through me right now, that you are just here. Your presence is here and your love is here. And we all are just so happy to be here worshiping you, whether we are here on our podcast, here on campus, Father, we are all you. And so we just pray that these bags bring each recipient that love, Father, and we pray this all in your precious name. Amen. At this time, all children and youth are released. Scripture tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, yet we are justified by the gift of God's grace through the redemption that is ours in Christ Jesus. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sin. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray, but now we have returned to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. much again. Higher than the mountains I face. Higher than the mountains that I face. Stronger than the power of the grave. Constant in the trial and change. One Never runs out on me, your love. 
on and on. On and on and on and on it goes. And it overwhelms, it satisfies my soul. And I never ever have to be afraid. This one thing remains. One thing remains.
yours, to yours, oh Lord. Sing holiness meditatively. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness is what you see if this works. It really got windy, right? Holy, holiness. I like that song. It's a, thank you, Dan. Thank you, worship band. That's a, that's exactly what the sermon calls us for. Kind of cool how that works out. Uh, We're in a series on 1st John. Can you hear me? Yeah? Well, yeah, he has to be careful with the volume too, just because the wind. I might, I don't know, hide over here. Let's see what uh, see what happens. I might be a natural na- nature hike Sunday, and I'll try and make it brief. Let's make it brief and amazing, just because this wind might blow this tent away. Um, we're in a sermon series on the the epistles of John, uh, first, second, and third John, and it's kind of springboarded off of our Easter message of we're second Exodus people, we're kingdom people. How do we live in this uh, world? that is trying to enslave us as free people who have been set free by our Lord Jesus the Christ. And we started last week with a challenge to stay in the light. And maybe I should move to this microphone. What do you think? It's worth a try. It's worth a try. That's always good to hear from the sound guy. It's worth a try. Let's just let's, let's do it. This is better, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's better. I think I'm going to turn this thing off. These things work better in the wind, right? Okay. You guys all heard that stuff I was talking about, right? Okay, good. I don't have to repeat that. And we're continuing. And last week, we we just said, we got to stay in the light. You know? Uh, Jesus, Jesus is that light. And we stay in him. And... It's interesting, his challenge to stay in the light was really a challenge to be united as a church. And how we do that is confessing with one another and remaining humble together before our King. And he makes us, he unites us as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are united. I need to pick up this this little mic clip. I'm going to pray, just because I feel really frazzled and really all over the place, but let me uh, put this down. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that you would uh, use me. And uh, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for these strong gusts of winds. Thank you for these reminders that uh, you are in control. I pray that you would meet us here. Slow me down. May your truths come through me and may my opinions fall to the ground. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. We're in the first letter of John, chapter 2, and I'm going to read the first 17 verses. It reads as this. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now by this, we may be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not obey his commands is a liar. And and in such a person, the truth does not exist. 
But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person, the love of God has reached perfection. By this we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk just as he walked. Beloved, I am writing you, you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new commandment that is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says I am in the light while hating a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Whoever loves a brother or sister lives in the light. And in such a person there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates another believer is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and does not know the way to go. Because the darkness has brought on blindness. I'm writing to, to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young people, because you have conquered the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know who him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young people, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. The love of the father is not in those who love the world for all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the pride and riches comes not from the father, but from the world. And the world and its desire are passing away. But those who do the will of God will live forever. This is the word of the Lord. You respond, thanks be to God. All right, that's a lot right there. I like this. Um, I've titled this sermon, In Your Corner, and it comes from the first couple verses. It's kind of a summation. It's it kind of goes with the previous text, what we studied last week. Um, how do we, how do we stay in the light? How do we com- continue to be honest with one another? How do we continue to confess with one another? How can we continue to abide? And he says. Um, You have an advocate. You have a defender. He says, not a small statement, he says, Jesus the Christ is in your corner. He also mentions in those first couple verses, he reiterates his challenge. He, he wants us to see how holy we can get. How much we can invite God through Jesus Christ as our King to reign in our lives. He invites us to to open it up, let it loose. And then he, he moves in the next section. He asks the question that I I get asked a lot as a pastor. How do I know I'm still in the light? I got tons of doubt. I don't know. Am I still a Christian? I've made some pretty dumb calls. Like, how do I know? How do you know? Anybody? Faith? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's he read. He listened when I read it right there. By your fruit. He says, if you want to know if you're in the light, look at your calendar. Look at what you're up to. Look at how you're acting. You're going to know if you're in the light, if you're obeying. You're going to know if you see Jesus as your king, 
because his rules and his orders will be lived out in your life. It's kind of a no-duh thing, you know. Am I still a Christian? Am I still married to my wife? Yes. Am I still loving people that God puts in my path? Yes. Do I still get bursts of joy at looking at God's magnificent creation? Absolutely. Have you seen the ocean lately? Anybody? Those are all confirmations. You're, you're obeying his commands. Therefore, yes, you're in the light. You are a follower of Jesus. You are a second Exodus person. The King Jesus on, is on the throne of your life. And then he, a reminder. And it's crazy because this is like a constant reminder. Because the word he uses as an advocate, this time he's, he's mentioning Jesus Christ. This is the author, John. It's paraclete. It's a defender. It's a it's a somebody who stands up and says, "No, that's not happening to my to my friend." Usually, it's used to the Spirit. John uses it of the Holy Spirit. And what do we have all around us? Just proof of the Holy Spirit. It's not some sissy power. It's a power that's about to kill us all with this tent thing. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. Look at this. You can't see this wind. You don't know where it's coming or where it's going. But you know what? You know it's powerful, right? It's making me stand in this spot. It took me off my perch. Almost killed me with that umbrella thing. And then he says, and you guys have had the commands. You've known about it for a long, long time. But I want to tell you, remind you. And he's not saying that the Shema, you know, love your... God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself is a new commandment. He's saying that every day we need to, to learn it anew. And through Jesus Christ, it's an absolutely new commandment. Because now it's on the heart level. He says, final answer. How do you know whether you are a follower of Jesus, whether you're a kingdom person, whether you're walking in the light? How do you know that you know is actually how it says it in the Greek. How do you know that you know? That you're in him. And that in the Greek it's in him. If I had a piece of paper, I've done this illustration before. I got a piece of paper, don't I? Yeah, I got tons of paper. This advocate, it steps beyond just defending. Everybody can see this thing? This is this little piece of paper is me. And then I say, I'm a sinner. I want you to be the Lord of my life, Jesus. I want you to set, free, set me free from the slavery of this world. And I want to be enslaved actually to your righteousness, your new righteousness that is apart from the law. I want you to reign in my life. It says this. I become in Christ, in him. Do you, do you see the paper anymore? No, you do not. You see Christ. How do you know that you're in him? How do you know that his hands are firmly wrapped around you and covering everything that you do? He says you're, you're obeying the commands and ultimately you love. You love without boundaries. You love any circumstance. And he starts with brothers and sisters. He's talking about us. He's talking to us. This is a huddled up kingdom of God people. Second Exodus people. He's got us in a circle. And he's, he's saying to each of us, how, how do you know, you Father, do you love the person that's sitting next to you? That's easy with John and Judy M because they're married. Uh, <laughs> how about you guys? Do you love those people? You don't lay, lay your life down for those people. Do you realize that you have the same connection as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? That kind of soul community connection. This is actually, you know, I always mention when I'm studying in Romans that Martin Luther got this text and ran with it, you know, by faith alone. Wesley got a hold of uh, verse, I think it was five. Hold on, let me look at it. Yeah, but whoever obeys his word truly in this person, the love of God has reached perfection. 
John Wesley got this concept and he ran with it. And he has this idea that if we allow King Jesus more and more in our lives, we become perfect bridges. We become perfect examples of the love of God displayed on the cross for us. And as Reformed folk, we're, we're you know, we kind of are like, I don't know. I don't know if I can... I can handle that, you know. I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. I'm, and he doesn't. He doesn't ignore what what John said in the first chapter. You know, some of you think you're without sin. He does recognize that we still we mess up and we still do sin. But he's of the mind that if we remind ourselves on a consistent be on a consistent basis that we are saints who sin, not sinners who are made into saints so that we can walk into the presence of the king at the end of days. No, no. The, the kingdom, like I said last week, has invaded this world. The kingdom e triumphant, the kingdom eternal has invaded this world in Jesus Christ. And as we follow in him, it, notice that. John says that in this verse. He says, you obey and you walk in step with Jesus the King. And as you do that, God transforms this. And it's covered with Christ in this. And we become this perfect representation of the love of God that God has for people around us. We're like lightning rods walking around throughout our days showing people that God absolutely adores them just in the way that we love and we know we're loved. So, Ah, I'll bring that up at application time. What do you think about that? Final answer, love. Okay, and then in the next section, verses 15 through 17. He says, do not love the world. What? <laughs> Was he just saying that love is the connection? You know, like love is it? Do not love the world. What? What is that? And this brought me back a couple weeks ago. I was preaching, and I was preaching, it was... Uh, I wrote this down. This is going to be just, you got to be wicked patient with me just because the wind, these are, these are going to fly everywhere. I was not thinking it was going to be windy. These papers are way too small. So you've, you've missed most of this, but that's okay. A couple weeks ago on 321.21, what's three? That's April, right? March. Okay. March 21st. I remember it well because yeah, it's anyway, it's, I had about a million sermons running through me, and you heard like just a fraction of them, just because I was just on fire. And we would, we'd still be here if it was, you know, like up to me on that Sunday, 321. Uh, but Lloyd came up to me afterwards, and he said, you skipped over a voice, verse. It says that, uh, let go of your life. Are you supposed to hate your life? And this is in the same context. Like, this was out of the Gospel of John. This is... Thank you, Mark. <laughs> I, 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 anyway, I love you. Uh, I don't remember what I was saying. I was, the Gospel of John, Jesus says, let go of your life. Let go of life to gain life. And here, John, in a similar vein, is saying, Don't love this world. And by world, he means, and he kind of spells out what he means in the next verse. But one commentator put it really well. He said, it does not mean the created universe, nor the human race as such, but the life of humanity, the, human, the life of human society as organized under the power of evil. 
This world is still under the dominion of, of the evil one. N.T. Wright puts it, um, he, he brings out the fact, there was a guy, Scott Peck, anybody heard of that guy? He wrote, he wrote the, the Road Less Traveled. But, and he's a psychologist. And so um, N.T. Wright says, I, I think a better book by Scott Peck is The People of the Lie. See, Peck was of the psychology world, and he uh, loved describing and discussing some cases of extreme dysfunctional behavior that had come in his way. And in much of his work, he saw that, you know, a lot of the result of how um, confused and dysfunctional people were, were bad things that happened to them. And people had ill-treated them. Early childhood problems. But as he, as he uh, studied people with extreme cases of dysfunction, it became apparent. There were other cases where something radically different seemed to be at work. Something much more dark, much more sinister had not been prepared for this. All his training in secular psychiatry and psychotherapy, all the textbooks had ruled out the E-word from their vocabulary. There was no such thing as evil. And he calls the people that had lied to themselves and they had lied to others as buying into the, the big... The, the big lie that there is no evil. It is people of the lie that John is now warning us against. He's putting his, his finger on that one great big lie above all and warning that those who accept this lie and live by it are a corrupting and dangerous influence. And what are those? As John spells out, right? They're desires of the flesh. Do not love the desires of the flesh. Do not love the desires of your eyes. Do not love the pride that comes from owning things. And then he ends this section with one more reason to pick God. When I worked in First Press San Antonio, uh, right before me there was a Louis Zabendon. They called him Z. He was a pastor there for 35 years. And he was old school. And he ended every single message he preached for all 35 years with that Isaiah 40, verse 8 passage. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. That's John's one more reason. To not buy into the lust of this world, to not buy into the lust of your eyes, the coveting things of your heart. And to choose staying in the light and having the advocate on your side and behind you. is because everything you see is going to fade and everything you're gonna, is going to wither away. You know what's going to stand forever? The love. Isaiah said it in the word of life, the word of God. John is saying it here. The love of God the Father through Jesus Christ for each and every one of you. And that spills out over onto John's call for us this morning. And I'll move into application. First, be reminded, God is in your corner.
God is on your side. I know a lot of people, myself lumped in. There's some, there's some rough waters we've been going through. And we need to have that truth seep into our bones. I remember uh, my mom passed away of cancer uh, in 2003. But there are two moments when I, when I, when I think about my mom. Uh, one was that time, I think I've told you about it, I was about to flunk out of college <laughs> and she just came and she hugged me over at Biola. And the second was, uh, it was the day I found out that my little brother was going to be born. And my, uh, and it was the best, it was, I was a cross country runner and that was the best time I ever ran. And I remember it was only because of my mom. I was coming around the last turn and we were at that park right uh, right by Green River Golf Course on the 91. You know what that is? There's a park right before it. And we were over there. And I was rounding that last corner. And I remember um, it was me and this kid, this kid Cody Johnson. We would always go back and forth and usually he'd beat me. And there were a group of moms all just kind of sitting on, with their lawn chairs right around this last corner. And I saw Cody, he was still a little ways in front of me. But then I saw my mom and she stood up and I remember her cheering, Jason, Jason, you remember Malia? Like her voice was crazy. Like she, when she yelled, you think I'm crazy loud. My, my mom could yell louder than me, which is intense. And it was a higher pitched and you could probably, it would probably wake up dogs somewhere. I don't know, but she was just screaming and she was jumping up and down, Jason, Jason, Jason. And I just kicked in the afterburner. I was wearing those short shorts. You remember, it's probably not legal for men to wear it now. <laughs> and I was running this cross country thing and I'm going like this. And I got to my, I was wicked skinny like my son. And I looked probably crazy. But I passed Cody, I left him in the dust and I, I, I beat my best time. I want to picture every day, it says in the scripture, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He never gets hungry. He never takes a break. The God of the universe is on your side screaming for you to succeed. For you to thrive. Then the next question he, he brings up is, who do you love? With that firm in your, in your mind that you, gotta, you can't lose you have Jesus the Christ in your corner. You cannot lose. Who are you going to unleash your love on? Who, who do you love? Do your children know that you love them? Everyone here should not let their heads hit the pillow without reminding those that they love that they are loved by you. That's our call. That's, it's, it's not rocket science. Love. Don't save it and say, I, I meant it when I said it 20 years ago. That's a cop-out. Let everyone you know that you love, let them know that you love them. And then be comforted in the, that blanket of the truth that everything else is going to fade away but this isn't right and left isn't our love is what we need to be investing in our love is our strategy our love is our vision our love is our game path our game plan what are you going to do here, Jason, as the head pastor? I've been starting, people have been starting. I'm going to love without, without abandon. And I'm going to call everybody that's in my care to do the same. It's been the same. That's what Jesus, you know, he said it. And then he, he keeps saying it. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father.
Equip us with your spirit and equip us with the truth that you are in our corner. And from that place, I pray that you would continue to help us love as you have loved us. And all God's people said. Now it's part of the service where we invest in one another and in the community that we're reaching and in the parts of the world that we partner with. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. The anthem that we are about to hear, it's um, the text of it. It's a look into the future of the church and the verse that is being used to create the text is, on, uh, you find it in Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. It starts like this. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive the power and the glory. And I want to make you curious what else uh, the verse says through music. The composer uh, that wrote this piece is a uh, church composer. He's minister of music at one of the major churches in North Carolina. He's a native of, South, uh, of North Carolina and he's going to use a language that is a musical language and sounds that are typical to the Appalachia. Let's listen to, the, to this music uh, that creates an image of the future that what we're looking at from our position now and as a sermon was said just a minute ago motivates us more to conform ourselves to the word of God and to what uh, Apostle John said.
Amen, indeed. Also from the book of Revelation, John shares these words of Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and eat with them and they with me. Let us quiet our hearts to pray to the one who yearns for an intimate relationship with each one of us. Please pray with me. Holy and merciful God, this day, now, teach us to be more like Jesus, to seek you, to find you, to be with you. Create in us an unquenchable yearning to spend time in your presence. Pour your grace and mercy over each one of us, covering all of the ways in which we count that we fall short. Father, we lift up this broken world to you. More than three million souls worldwide have died due to the coronavirus. Even with vaccinations progressing all over the world, there are still hot spots in Brazil and India and more, where the health systems are stretched far too thin. Lord, for those suffering from the coronavirus, we pray for your merciful healing. For doctors and nurses and all those caring for the sick and the dying, we pray for your strength. For those grieving the loss of loved ones, we pray for your comfort. We pray too for a quickening in the production of vaccines and the swift deployment of those vaccines to every corner of this earth. None of us will be truly safe from this virus until all of us are protected. Lord God, we can scarcely believe that we are praying again for victims of yet another mass shooting in our country, this time at the FedEx facility in Indianapolis. When will it stop, we cry out. When will it stop? In the mighty name of Jesus, we bind the enemy and we say stop to these destructive shooting sprees. Lord, make each one of us instruments of your peace. We pray for the victims of the shooting, for their families and loved ones. Wrap them in your loving arms, sheltering them with your grace. Lord Jesus, we pray for those in our midst. We pray for Pastor Jason and Pastor Sharon. Fill them up to overflowing Meet each of their needs and shower them with our love and appreciation. We pray for those among us that are lonely. May your tender care enfold each one. Prompt neighbor to reach out to neighbor in friendship. We pray for those who are unemployed, underemployed, or struggling financially. May your provision be more than sufficient. Prompt us to do our part when we see a need. Open our eyes up to see those needs. We pray for those with health concerns. May your healing hand rest heavily on each one, giving their doctors wisdom and discernment. Prompt us to come alongside those who are facing these health concerns on their own. Mold us and make us into your mighty disciples and deploy us in your mission right here in our own church, right here in our own neighborhoods, and right here in our own cities. It's time for your disciples to wake up and rise up to be your hands and feet on earth. Thank you for the million ways, O oh Lord, every day that you show us you're right here beside us and how much you care for each one of us. Overwhelm us with your love today, and don't let us leave this worship service unchanged. May it be so. We continue worshiping you 
And we pray as you taught your disciples, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Well, uh, we'll have to talk to Jeff after this. We'll probably be taking this tent down, right? I don't see Jeff right now, but it's probably the safest. So uh, stick around if you're able-bodied to help us take this little tarp off. I'm, I'm imagining that's going to happen. Uh, I want to thank the podcast listeners also for listening. And if you wanted to send in tithes and offerings, you send them to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And I can't wait for the jam to start up in May. And also for the women's retreat in May, I'm not going to be there because I'm not a female, but make sure you sign up for those things. Would you stand for this morning's benediction? And I don't think I've told you I love you lately. I, I definitely haven't said it today yet. I love each and every one of you. I'm really uh, honored and humbled to be your shepherd and you're beautiful. Thank you very much. I, that's, it's not transactional. Just I love you. Okay. Just receive it this morning. But let me, uh, let me give us a benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for sticking out the wind. <laughs>